0: This is Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with us this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Just think there, guys, last night could have been one of the most momentous, significant eh, crossover nights on our patch. I'm trying to think of another one that compares to it. When you when you, you look at the three of them, you've got Dundee relegated St. Johnston in the playoffs. St. Johnson relegating Dundee. Technically, there was one former director speaking up to the press box saying, oh, <laughs> "We've waited sixty years to do that. It's not really, it's not quite Craig Whiten, but you know, there you are." Technically, St. Johnston have put them down, and obviously Dundee United getting back to Europe. It's it was quite the night, Sean. will I think we'll need to. You could you could make a case to, for starting with Dundee or United. I think we should we have to start with Dundee because it's that's re- relegation is a. It's a club changer, you know. It, it's so. I don't think we. I don't think we need to rehearse and go back over all the the various twists and turns. You know, the the Lee Griffiths, the Jason Cummings, all that sort of stuff. We've 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 plotted the course of Dundee's season acro- over these podcasts. They're down. We expected them to go down. Kind of St Johnston fans were panicked, or the more nervous St Johnston fans were panicking a bit after Dundee eventually got the win. But St Johnston did their job, which we will come to next but it's moving quickly with Dundee Sean they're changing things behind the scenes Gordon Strachan is stepping into and uh, you correct me if I'm wrong with this but Gordon Strachan stepping into a, a director of football type role basically more hands on as to you know steering the ship over the summer John Nelms is becoming more and more involved with the stadium and making it happen well we're not going to go into that today and we'll have a new manager, et etc. et cetera. First of all, Sean, mm-hmm. how much needs to be done off the pitch with Dundee to turn them into a properly functioning club that can get to the Premiership and stay in the Premiership?
1: Well, on the evidence of the last few years, quite a lot, it would appear, because they they can't stay there. Um, they certainly haven't been able to put a, an extended run together
0: in the top. Well, they've been a yo-yo so. club for. They are a yo-yo club now, aren't they? That is that is what. that, yeah. that is that is what they are.
1: Aye. Um, I mean, the, the, in terms of, I mean, they're, they're certainly not wasting time and putting plans in place for, you know, how they're how they're going to tackle next season and beyond, and and, and hopefully become that club that you have sort of indicated that, that solid top flight club that they feel they should be and I think a lot of people in, in Scotland would feel they should be as well um, and that involves first and foremost having Gordon Strachan um, take a more hands-on role with the first team and he's always been at pains and everybody around the club has always been at pains when Strachan's been involved to um, assert that he had his role had nothing to do with the first team and, and he was completely hands-off in that regard and he was completely focused on the academy structure and All that sort of stuff. Um, You know, this morning uh, we now hear that he will be, I think it's fair to say, a director of football, to be honest. I know we've pitched it as director of football style, but I mean, that that is what it is, really, isn't it? So in he comes, we also understand that he's actually been effectively in that role for a few weeks already. So um, he has actually already had influence at first team level of some description, from what we've been told um and it would appear uh, the way it's been the way it's been sold and pitched to me certainly is that the the idea as you say is that John nelms is going to take a step back from the football side of things and, and throw himself completely into the new stadium project and try to shift that along um he's obviously given himself a deadline on that now which is two years away uh, so there's a lot of work to be done there so I can understand why. Uh, if they're serious about getting this moving, that he would want to spend as much time as possible doing it. Gordon Strachan's the guy that he has looked to to take on the footballing side of things. And it looks to me like Gordon Strachan's first job really is going to be telling his mate, Mark McGee, that he's not the man to, see, to be in charge of the club next season on the football side of things. Um, I can't, I doubt that'll be something he'll relish. But I mean, I, I would say first, first of all, that's something that has to happen because I don't think Mark McGee's done enough over his time uh, at the club to get that job on a permanent basis. I don't think anybody would say that, and I certainly don't think Dundee fans would be happy if it happened. So um, for me, that would be the that would be the first job that Gordon Strachan's got on his plate in terms of turning that club and the football side into one that can get itself out of the Championship, into the Premiership, and then going forward keep itself there um, so it, it won't be it won't be a lot of fun for him, but I think it's uh, that ought to be his first thing.
0: Jim, we all know that Gordon Strachan has a football pedigree that's I'm not gonna say unrivalled, but it's it's up there with you know anybody you care to mention and of his of his sort of peers in terms of management we're not talking about player, but playing, but in terms of, you know, in the, in the background, Scotland, Celtic, all the rest of it, even before you go into his, his English football stuff, but his big contribution to Dundee in terms of the first team. I mean, we, we, none of us really know, you know, you can say all you want about the academy and oh, yeah, it's, it's nice. And I say, you know, that'll be, that, that'll be judged in years if, if players, who are in the academy just now come through and Gordon Strachan will probably be away and then, you know, it will be it might be for us in the podcast in a few years, yeah. it might be for others to reflect on whether Gordon Strachan actually made significant change in that regard. But as far as the first team's concerned, the one thing he has got his fingers over, he's made a mess of, hasn't he? I mean, let's be brutally honest about it. You know, Dundee sacked James McPake and Gordon Strachan phoned up his pal to,
2: to take over. And that has turned out to be a big mistake. Well, I, I think that there, I mean, you, you, in a sense, you want to look forward, but you can't look forward and you know. In, you can, yeah. Until you, until you put back. this to you bed, know, yeah. You, you have to look back, and I mean, I know that you know. I mean, the, the sacking of the sacking of James McPake, I I've said McCollum previously. I think we've all said this was a mistake. That's that's the bottom line. If they wanted rid of James, um, they should have gone. Or the rid actual in the season. Or the actual sacking
0: maybe necessarily
2: wasn't the mistake. Well, I th- at, the t- at the time, at the time they did it, Eric, it, it, it yes. was a thing because, you know, it, it just looked as though they had those two g- uh, very good results against it was St. Johnson and Hearts, wasn't it, I think, as, as no, I recall. it was Peter Head and Hearts. It, it was Peter Head and Hearts, that was it. Um, but, you know, a couple of good results Um maybe just start things to come, to come right. But by that stage, you know, you're taking a massive gamble in terms of who you bring in when, you know, whether a new face can, can, um, you know, can gel new players, can lift new players, can lift a dressing room and all the rest of it, all these things. And I think more will come to light also um, over the period about the kind of, you know, the um, signings and all the rest of it. You know, maybe some of the guys that James McPake had wanted to to sign and uh, and, and other signings who were brought in. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I heard that kind of, you know, that Kyle Lafferty was at one stage sitting waiting on a, um, a, a call, expecting a call from Dundee, uh, but it never came. Other people signed instead you know what I mean you know if these sort of things are true you, you end up you know thinking to yourself well what what might have been so what, what none of us will know because John Nelms is very very tight places cards very close to his chest as most people do in football so we don't actually know who made the decision to to sack James was it Gordon suggesting was it was it John Nelms on his own bat was it Tim Keyes who made that decision we just we just don't know um but uh, you know, if they want, and I've said this before, it's always a football club's prerogative. As long as, as long as they weigh their manager uh correctly, that's fine. You can sack him if they can sack him when he's top of the league if they want or bottom. It's entirely up to them. Um, <clears throat> however, <coughs> you have to. Um, look at what the potential ramifications will be. But first and foremost, you have to kind of ask yourself, is it the right time to do it? And I don't think you know, in now hindsight's a wonderful thing, but apparently wasn't, because they didn't improve one iota um, under Mark McGee, uh, and it was probably too late in the day to take it. The other thing is as well, if you back a young manager, if you go for James, because remember, Jim, I, mean, I had a phone call that day, Jim Goodwin thought he had the job at Den's, and all of a sudden James was in it, you know, so if, 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 you back, if you're going to have a young manager and you back him, you know there will be pitfalls, you know he has to learn this trade, you know, he has to learn as he goes. Um, and, and, and that kind of, you know, I, I always thought that with, with Gordon and the role he was in, it would be, um, you know, he, he would be able to, to help um, James out. Uh, and it, 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 it seems not to have worked out that way. Uh, and one of the problems here is it's been actually difficult to nail down what Gordon's role actually was. I mean, I mean, yeah. I was I mean, yeah, taking. I think
0: if if they are going down this third route, he needs to be he needs to be more prominent. He needs to he needs well, to I, absolutely needs to come I, out and speak, and he needs to he needs to say what his role is, and he needs to be answerable, doesn't he? He can't just be the shadowy figure in the background who's making these decisions without anybody. You know, I'm not saying it necessarily needs to be through us. It's, it's like rehearsing Sean's pitch of a few weeks ago when he was talking about John Nels. You know, he's a significant, about to become even more significant rogues
2: in the background. Well, the, the, uh, the thing is, Eric, he was, he was almost a, hu- I mean, he's a huge figure in the game. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, no, I'm no into this thing about oh, he's always a dinosaur. I mean, he, he's achieved great things in the game and all the rest of it. Um, and, you know, look, I, I've worked with guys who were 25 going on 95. And i worked with guys when I taught who were 60 going on 20, with the energy and all the rest of it. Now, if Strachan's still got that kind of energy, that's fantastic. What I could never figure out was how a guy with such a vast experience, seemed to be operating in almost a non-role at Dens. It was difficult to pin down just exactly what the role was, how much responsibility he had, whether there was any responsibility. And, and you know, I, I had a wee hint of my column at the weekend. I was getting quite strong hints from from the West that he might be going back to Celtic in some role. Now, yeah, I, I spoke to Ian Jamieson, who we all know has been the Celtic PR man for for years. Last night, <clears throat> Ian said, "Not one that, that that I've heard." Jim, I'll check it out. You know, but didn't have to check it out because they are now as Gordon, you know, being kind of um if you want, promoted into this director of football role, which I, I now think has all sorts of ramifications. I mean, I know that John Bennett was a guest at Den's the other night, you know, so I'm assuming that John and John Nelms will be sitting down discussing what's going to happen with Dens because John owns Dens Park. He'll not be difficult to deal with in terms of getting rid of it. I understand there's already plans um, afoot for Dens, but that's, an, that's another story entirely. The key thing here is what now is Gordon Strachan's role going to be? If he's director of football, that means that he has got a massive input into the hiring of a new coach, assuming... Assuming Sean's right, and I suspect he will be right that, that Mark McGee's not going to right. there because I don't think Dundee <laughs> fans will wear that. Um, uh, and the danger was that Gordon's going to get flack anyhow from McGee coming in to some extent, so to some extent John Neal's is a hostage to Fortune here, he goes off to, to you know to basically take care of trying to get the new stadium, now I've said before I, I'm not convinced that Camperdown will work uh, by the way, I, I, I've always been a supporter of a new ground, I think unless you can somehow or other spend millions doing dens up and I like that idea, but it's not going to happen unless you can do that, you move to a new stadium I just think the location's wrong, but that's that again, that's for another day, so Gordon Strachan now comes in as Director of Football, he has to have an idea and I'm pretty sure he will about who he wants now who he wants and who Dundee fans want might be two different things because I think there are a lot of experienced type managers who are not comfortable working with that director of football role so then it comes down I think to personal relationships can you get someone who comes in who's prepared to work with Gordon depending just how hands-on Gordon's role will be or as I'm starting to wonder um, do you go for something like give Charlie Adam another season? Because I think I think far too... Charlie, I, I really hope he's not uh, thinking of hanging up the boots. I think he's got another season in him, in a, a limited role perhaps playing. You bring him in coaching and you have him, something like him and Gordon Strachan working in tandem with that huge experience that Strachan's got. And still the experience that Charlie's maybe got on the park, but, you know, um, and bringing him into coaching as well. I don't know if they're thinking of something like that. That that might, that might be what they're thinking. I don't think it would be the worst idea in the world, but it's yet to be clarified, I think, <clears throat> just how hands-on the director of football is going to be. Because the director of football, <laughs> you know, strictly speaking, isn't he meant to be in the dugout, for instance, you know. Um, he's the conduit between, um, I suppose, the boardroom, and, uh, and the manager, he spots players, he identifies players, he has contacts in the game that he can put to the manager and say, here we are, I think we should sign this. Either that or you go right down the director of football role and you say, right, coach, because it is a coach then, it's not the manager, right, coach, here's a couple of players we signed. get on with coaching them, make the best of them, you know? And, and th- th- that's where I think at the moment this is quite unclear. What are we going to have here? Are we going to have a situation where... Um, Gordon Strachan comes in as director of football and he is in fact de facto the man who signs players who decides who's coming and the coach simply has the role of picking the team and using the players that have been supplied to him, or does he have any input? I think there are a lot of questions yet to be answered. I still don't think we are particularly comfortable with the, the, the director of football role. And in fact, I'm not long off the phone to a very, very well known um, former manager. It wasn't the game that long ago, um, you know. And we're talking about this, and you know, his suggestion was we tend to get this bluntly asked for elbow. In, in Scotland, we, we quite often appoint the manager before we appoint the director of football, which which leads to all sorts of issues, at least in Dundee's case this time, assuming that McGee's not going to be there, <coughs> they've done this the right way, they've brought in Gordon Strachan, he's director of football, he will either have an idea or they'll invite applications for the manager's job. Although let's be blunt, we usually know how this works. You invite applications because you have to do that in terms of employment law and all the rest of it. But deep down, the club will probably know who they want or have a couple of targets in mind. So I think uh, th- th- this is a you know uh, th- this is a very movable feast. I think there's a lot of balls up in the air at the moment with Dundee in terms of what happens next.
0: My fear for Dundee here, Sean, is Jim talked about the, the role and you can compare it to to Tanadice now. I think we would probably all agree that the most significant person and post at Dundee United is Tony Ashgar and his sporting director role. He is, he's got his hands all over that football club in terms of everything, everything you want to, you care to mention. Well, obviously not everything, you know what I mean? He's not he's not he's not in charge of the, the cleaners or something like that. You know, but you know what I mean. In terms of the football operation, Tony Ashgard is the most important person at Dundee United. Now, if Dundee are gonna do this right, all of a sudden, Gordon Strachan is gonna be the most important person at Dundee Football Club. And he is going to be and this is gonna be a huge change. It's we've always been led to believe that. You know this, like Jim was saying. You know, it was very vague. Is he is he up here? You know, because his his wife's got family. You know, it's filling a bit of time, but it's not a full time role. This is about to go from a part time role to beyond a full time role. It's gonna be if if it's done properly, it is an all consuming job that needs to be committed to for not a summer, you know, not a year. Two three years to 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 make things work at Dens Park. My worry is that that Gordon Strachan isn't going to be that that personality. He isn't going to do that, and that basically what they're what they're doing is putting something in for the summer, and then then it will change again. That that is my fear. Well, I, I,
1: as you say, if that's if if that's what they're doing, then it's doomed to failure. Um because it can't be that. I think you're right. I think that it's. I think under the circumstances now with things shifting at Dundee in the model, you're, they're using to run their club is shifting. I think it's fair to, to draw the parallel with Dundee United at this point. Um, all right, sporting director versus director of football. But, you know, it's it's basically the same gig, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, you would think that Gordon Strachan stepping into that role will take on all sporting responsibility from John Nelms. Um, so that means I mean ultimate responsibility for recruit player recruitment for the youth academy for the first team squad the shape of it anyway mm-hmm. um the personnel within it and then ultimately actually responsibility for the head coach and his performance as well so it is as you say all consuming really um and that is a, a it's a serious gig i mean if you if you asked, Tony Askar, how many hours a week he puts in uh, in his role at the United, I think most folk would probably be shocked by the answer. It's a hell of
2: a lot. not well,
0: be a nine to five, let's put it that way. Oh, God. You're never, no, swi- never not. switched
2: off. Your phone's never off on a gig like that. Yeah, uh, no, that's the bottom absolutely line. not. Never. You're sitting having a meal, the phone's on, the phone goes, somebody's got a player, somebody wants to talk to you. But so, uh, you know, that's the nature of management. And, and hey, Jim, fearless, Jim you, I mean, got, you know
0: Gordon Sarkin. I mean, hmm. I don't know him at all. You know you know him pretty well. And you, you probably knew... More about how much time he was spending on his dense part gig than you know. You'd have a fair guesstimate. Can can you imagine him becoming that that person at Dundee at I, this I, stage I in his the, at this stage in his life yeah, at this stage well, in the, his career?
2: Well, well Eric, look, here's here's the issue. I mean, I I, I kind of left the staff gig at the BBC six years ago, and you know, I now do you know, column for you guys, do a midweek column, a bit of podcast and of this a bit of that. I, I, and I'm ages with striking, So, you know, I, I'm in a forcing position now. Mortgage is finally paid. You know, I can pick and choose what I want. I've, I've turned in two or three full-time jobs in, in the period of being away. Um, and do I have the energy to do those jobs? Um, yes, do I want to do those jobs? No, Uh, because uh, I now value different things. I I mean, you know, I don't spend as much time on the phone as I did when I was a staffer at the BBC, but I still spend loads of time because I'm nosy. I stay in touch. I, I, I'm no more out of touch than I was, or any more in touch than I was when I was with the beat. Um, (laughs) I still, you know, I speak to people every day of the week. I speak, them. you know, last night I'm at the match. I'm speaking to goodness knows how many people that I know, you know, who are uh, either just punters or or, or, are people connected with football. That's the nature of the beast. And, but what I have is have control, or a greater degree of control over my own circumstances. Now, I think to some extent that was probably the situation with Gordon as well. He's nothing; to, he has nothing more to achieve in football. Um, I think there is an element um, of um, be an element; it would be an earner for him, be making money. There is the element, I think, also of um, uh, the family, uh, family connections to the city, and all the rest of it. You know, um, there are all of these things. Um, it may well be that the, as, as time has gone on, the role they've looked at kind of. Broadening the role, changing the role slightly. His lifestyle has changed, and he thought, "Well, maybe I could spend more time doing this." And the next, do I want a different challenge elsewhere? Um, I, I, we just don't know. Is is the answer? What is the role going to be? He maybe suddenly has re-energized. He's looked at at things and thought, "You know what? We can actually if we if we sit down, we are." And I hate the term three five year plan, but if I sit down, we can completely rejig what goes on here with the set up and all the rest of it. You know. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, and I used to say this when you know, I'm not going to mention a consultancy I did for Stephen Thompson because I still have nightmares about it, you know, but one of the things I used to say to him was, get it right on the, par- get it right on the park, it doesn't matter what you do elsewhere, the youth system, we, all the good work that you do in community, and you know, none of that matters, it's all great, when that's icing on the cake when everything's going well, but it has to be going well on the park, now, <clears throat> Dundee have been they're the seventh biggest club in Scottish football, support wise and all the rest of it, potentially. Um, you know, they've got a, a hardcore of about 4,000. It could be six. It could be seven if they were going real, if they're a long, sustained period. So, can they get back to that? Can they stop being the yo yo team that they have now literally been for about 35 or 40 years? That's the challenge that that, that faces them. I, I, I'm not sure they can, if I'm being honest. This has gone on for such a long, long period of time now. So, I, I think, you know, they have to kind of, to some extent, there's got to be flexibility. But you also do have to kind of nail down just what this role is going to be with Gordon striking and how much time is he going to spend. That, that, you know, that doesn't, as, as we've all found out during COVID, you can do journalism differently. The days when we all thought we had to be in the office all the time, have uh, gone, you can do as much from sitting in the kitchen as I'm doing podcasting at the moment. We're all doing this remotely just now. You can work differently. You do work differently. And, well, that doesn't mean to say that Gordon's phone won't be constantly going to be on the phone to this one, on the phone to that one, you know. And, you know, all of a sudden, what you might value in life, a wee bit more time to yourself, your your wife or your grandchildren or something, that starts to kind of disappear, you know. So uh, if he's energized for the role, if he's still got the energy for the role, that will be great. You know you, you I mean I don't think it'll be that difficult to define what the role will be you, you I think he's already been you know heavily influential or, or, or played a big part in that you set up making sure simple things like making sure that the teams from under 11 to play the same system all the way through right through um, getting good coaches at that level although they lost a good one this week in Robbie Rayside he's gone off to St Andrews United the juniors um you know, getting all that sort of, but, but the main thing is starting to identify, um, you know, the players that will be required for next season in that championship. Now, one of the things I would say is that on the face of it, Gordon Strachan, I think, would be a decent draw. You know, if you're the director of football and you're sitting down by Gordon Strachan and you're a nineteen, twenty, or 21, 22 year old player and he's wanting to bring you in, you think, wow, you know, I'm sitting down by Gordon Strachan here. Um, but much will depend on the coach they hire as well. And I do think, you know, come back to what I say, I think there are some coaches who will not be keen to work in that role with a director of football. I mean, it can work. I mean, we see it works with, yeah, but. with Tom Coates and Tony Asgard, who, who actually who um, uh, has the more power. Is, is always an intriguing but thing. I think, thing large, more, well, I think we know well, who has the most. I think we know who has the most power. By and large, it will usually be director of football. Sean, sure, I mean, you can't let
0: you can't let Gordon Strachan define his role for starters. But that which I, I've got, I've, I've got a feeling he's been defining his role there. For you know, you need to look at the club. Tim Keys sh- above John Nelms. Tim Keys. Sh- the way it should be working is Tim Keys should be saying, John Nelms, you're doing this. Gone stuck, you're doing this. It shouldn't yeah, be working. That's not going to happen. From, no, it? I know it's not going to happen, but that I think there's been an element of that going on as 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 things have been panning out. I mean, to move it on, Sean, this is we don't know who's going to go, who's going to come up or down in terms of the playoffs. But let's let's work on the the assumption that St Johnston managed to save themselves and. Well, there you go. I know it's it's a hell of an assumption, but say say that happens. I don't think I don't think I'm being disrespectful to say that the league will be softest, shall we say, that it's been in a long time because you've you will you've not had a Hearts, you've not had a United, you've not had a Rangers, you've not had a Hibs, Dundee mm-hmm, go down. Yeah. They would be strong, strong favourites if if they get things right. This is a big opportunity for them
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, the, the championship is, has been incredibly difficult for a number of years for the, Kilmarnock, uh, sorry, they I forgot them as well. To yeah. there as well. Um, but obviously they'll be up. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to be that, you know, there, there won't be an equivalent to Dundee in that league in terms of um, size of club. Or size of fan base, or budget, playing budget.
0: I don't think unless St Johnston go
1: down. Um, well, yeah, but then Dundee fans would say that's not an equivalent. No, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of budget.
0: <laughs> I'm talking in terms of budget and you know, all the rest of it. Yeah. St Johnston would have the yeah. would have the same money. Too.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, they would. If if St Johnston go down, it's a different story. But if St Johnston stay up and it is just Dundee, then Dundee are strong, strong favourites, uh, and they they have to be. Um, so the, the, that that brings with it pressure immediately. Um, in terms of in terms of Gordon Strachan, I mean he's he's not coming into this ignorant, right? So I mean that's what we can say about him. He's he's been about the game for a very very long time, and he knows exactly the sort of demands that come with the, the director of football role. So he's he's aware of that. Um, I mean there are obviously different ways to approach things managerially. Like it's it's there's an awful lot to be said for if you're a manager putting good people in their places and letting them get on with it so that that sort of delegation but if you're at a club like Dundee where you don't have this enormous budget where you can you can completely staff all of these different departments like recruit like with with multiple staff like they do in England and all that it's much more difficult to to completely delegate like that you're going to have to be more hands-on as a director of football because you just the, the resources aren't there for you to completely hand things over um so uh, there is going to be a hell of a lot um, on Gordon Strachan's plate, and that really just makes it all the more important that whoever he decides to bring in, and I would imagine it will be a head coach role rather than a manager role, whoever he decides to bring in in that role is the, the correct person. So that's the big question for him to answer, first and foremost. Who is this person going to be? And there will be a lot of scrutiny, of it as well because as you say he he did have he did have involvement in, in bringing Mark McGee to Dundee. Um Mark McGee's said as much himself uh and that hasn't gone well at all. So th- there will be scrutiny of what happens next. Um and there will be scrutiny of Gordon Strachan and his role in it as well. Um so a lot a lot of pressure on Dundee next season for sure but the positive that they do have is that looking at the league that they'll be in, if St John's aren't in it, they're clear favourites. If they are, it's a it's a different story. But you know, <sighs> crikey, it's it's just uh, yeah up, upheaval again at Den's Park. You know, and it feels like it feels like this. Even though there, I mean there has been stability since Key Tim Key's bought the club and John Nelms came in. There's been stability on the ownership front in that sense. That hasn't shifted, and they've they've done nothing but reiterate their commitment to the club over and over and over again. Um, but it does sort of feel that there is just this constant sort of... Here we on go the, again. On the football side of things, it's this, this sort of tumult. Uh, and this is just another example of this. We're here again. Um, so uh, they need to find a way to replicate the stability they've got at an ownership level on the park. So this is another roll of the dice. Let's let's change the model. Let's have a director of football and a head coach instead of John Nelms and a manager. So pff, suck it and see. We'll see what happens. But it's it's just it's it just feels like another chapter in the mad story of Dundee Football Club.
0: Yes, I, I don't think we can. I mean, unless unless you is there a is there a, a if, if it, it's Gordon Strachan, director of football, senior man, as we describe him. Is there a, is there a candidate you think, or oh, he he feels perfect to be the next Dundee manager, stroke head coach, whatever they decide to call him?
1: I uh, I mean, uh, looking at it, I, uh, I, it's if I had to if I had to guess in terms of the profile, it's more difficult to do it with names, but profile wise, I think you're you're probably looking at a, a younger coach. I think, um, because as Jim alluded to, I think when you when you get into kind of more senior coaches or managers, uh, in Scotland in particular, I think there would be less openness to working with that model, um, less openness to having a Gordon Strachan looking over your shoulder effectively, which is part of his remit as the director of football. Um I think there would be a, a lot of managers who would balk at that, guys who've been doing the job for years. So I think by definition, you're probably looking for a younger man.
2: So much it comes to the personal relationships as well, Sean. I mean, you, you, you might get away with an older, more experienced manager if him and Gordon and were really, really tight. Either that or you go for somebody like Charlie who's finishing his, his playing career. I, I don't think they will, by the way. I, no. I think, I mean, you know, the do best you, of my understanding... Do you, do you understanding, not think it will be Charlie? No, no, I I don't. I mean, Charlie, the best of my knowledge, Charlie hasn't, hasn't had an offer. Um... Uh, from the club, and I don't think there is actually going to be an offer from the club. You know, he
1: looked like he was—he yeah. looked like he was saying goodbye the other night yeah, as that, well.
2: That, didn't that, he? That's right. I, I, I think that's true. I mean, I, I, his 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 kind of career path probably lies. elsewhere you know, so I think it would be a great pity because I think he's got another season of football. I, I mean, I I love watching Charlie Adam. I think he's got a beautiful left foot. He's got a great football brain. He's you not know, the quickest. We've said this before, on this—he was—he was never quick. He wasn't wasn't a cat horse, but he was never quick. But the brain is so quick. He's got a great left foot, great left peg you know, um, all these things. I would like to think you'd get another season, albeit in a limited playing role out of Charlie, but I doubt very much if it's going to be at Den's. It might work, it might not, but I don't think it's going to be at Den's. But Sean's right, it's going to be probably a younger type coach who kind of will be, um, you know, on, basically on the training ground down at the uni grounds at Riverside which is where Dundee train you know day in day out you know and, and Gordon will have the overarching role it could work I mean it could, you know, the other alternative is, is that of course is that John Nelms has been bashing about cluelessly for the past number he doesn't really know what he's doing you know and Tim Keys above him but I mean you know the, the truth is you know, t- t- Tim Keyes has been, has been a, he's been a good owner for the club he has never you know he's been a quiet man he's never balked at um, you know putting his money up I mean It must have cost him a lot of money. Now, he's been a quiet, um, responsible, reflective owner. Um, John's been in there doing the day-to-day. I mean, you know, John's issue is he tends not to mix... He certainly tends not to mix with with media. I mean, I think the longest chat I've had with John was we bumped into each other and B&Q one day and were chewing the fat about, you know, house restorations and this and that the next, you know. (laughs) Football barely got into it, you know. Um, But it's, you know, come from a different environment. But I think in terms of this... you know, th- this is really crucial. Have Dundee the artists somehow or other put a stop to this this perpetual yo-yo um, effect, you know, almost like an East Coast Bartok Thistle, um, they, they really have to get this right. They've got to get it right, get the right coach and develop a structure. I mean, you know, the, the, the game's global now. We know that. We know the game is global. It's not just, you know, I mean, you look at any team sheet anywhere and you've got guys from the States, you've got guys from Nigeria, you've got... Guys from England, you've got everything under the sun. So the game, you know, but you still want to, you still want to identify local talent on your books. Now, Dundee United have been have been remarkably prescient in doing this I mean the amount of play, you know if you look at a team sheet at Dundee United once more and you see somebody that came through the St John's Youth Ac- St John's High School Youth Academy you know I mean I think it was was there three of them on the park last night now Dundee are now operating at the Johnnies as we call it in Dundee so it might well be that they've got a trunch coming through and they've got good people at Denz I mean you know I, I know Jim Longwell Jim Jim looks I have a blurry Jim out of the game at Denz Jim looks after the kind of he looks after the whole range of things, scouting at the kids' level. And, you know, he's away all over. Jim does it voluntarily. He's away all over the country looking at players. And that. When you've got people like that, that's really important. You know, they're trying to, they're trying hard, I think, to eat into, um, I suppose, to some extent, the, the limited talent that's available. I don't mean that in a, a, a negative sense. I mean, Dundee's not a huge city. There's only so much to go around. But within the area, Dundee and United are competing. For, 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 for young boys coming through and all the rest of it. And we know the attrition rate, at, 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 you know, at, at football at that level. So they've got all that to do. They've got to identify all the youth structure. They've got to work on all of that, get that in place so that it's a steady, progressive thing. But ultimately, and, 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 and the key to it all, is getting things right at first team level. So really, the first thing Dundee have to do, and I suspect they've got somebody in mind already, is Gordon Strachan um, <clears throat> has nailed in what his role is going to be, they bring in the coach and they they set about identifying the players very, very quickly that they want for the champ the big champion push championship push next season so that they can come back up in a one-hour. hour Meantime, John Elms can do what needs to be done in terms of working away on on the new ground and all the rest. That's a separate proposition now. Um Gordon works away in the director of football role, identifies a good a good coach, probably a young coach, who's got energy, who's got commitment, who's got drive. Look what Tom Courts has done at Tannadice. You know, I mean, what Courts has done is actually remarkable at Tannadice, and and you know, and the Tam Courts thing, I think, also opens many doors. I mean, the, the old snot. I mean, you know, somebody said to me a number of weeks but if you told me Dundee United, you know, 10 years ago, would have had a junior, next junior man, I didn't know, I know where he was coming from, but the game changes. The world changes. Life changes. And Course has done a spectacular job. I at mean, them. you know, the stuff about it's no good to watch and all the rest of it. Well, that, that's, we've talked about this before, that's subjective stuff. If, United, if, if, if Dundee can get something working like that, you know, um, it's amazing what can be done. And those two different leagues. The Championship was a much tougher league, n- not in terms of... The type of football, the quality of football is not as good. There's there's no doubt about that. But it's physically a tough league, and it's a physically and mentally demanding league. So, if if Gordon Sack can come and identify the right coach and Dundee, can make a real stab at coming up at, at the first time of uh, of asking. That would that would put the club um, well ahead of the game, I think. And then building over the next three, four, or five years.
0: Sean, moving on to to St Johnston, I think, and there have been there's plenty of years gone by when. St. Johnson fans would be able to bask in relegating Dundee for a for a wee bit longer, but they've got bigger issues of their own. So it's uh, it's not really it's not really got a great significance at the moment. No, but uh, things are. Th- I'm, I'm certainly not getting. I'm, we saw Kilmarnock go into the playoffs, not in great form, but you know the Tommy Wright had got a bit of I'd got a tune out of them this time last season, so they they weren't. Going into and in, in and with a terrible mindset, and I think they were heavy favourites to to beat Dundee, and it, and it just didn't happen. But St Johnson things are the last two games have been encouraging. I think that I think what's in, intriguing with Saints is if the 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 playing picture has changed quite significantly. I think from from Chiffey being. Being taken out, which I think a few of us, myself included, would have would have wanted to see happen earlier. You get Stevie May, who did an excellent job in what he was supposed to do, and you know, as, as as they talk about now, setting the press, starting the press, getting the team higher up the pitch. being that trigger point, and it worked very well for them at Livingston. Then Middleton came on and really, really stretched them. And now you've got, and then you so you were thinking, okay, Stevie May is going to be the man for the playoffs. Then Glenn Middleton comes in alongside alongside Callum Henry against Aberdeen and offered something different, you know, and maybe not quite the pressing merchant of a, a Stevie May, but really stretched Aberdeen and when he's on the gate when he's on his game, he he's got the potential to be a class act because he's got good feet, he can travel he can travel with the ball at pace, and he can he's you know he, he set up Callum Henry for his for his goal. All of a sudden you've got decisions to make up there for for Callum Davidson, Butterfield coming back into the team. Now I don't think I don't think anybody anybody would have been thinking that would have happened a couple of weeks ago. Still don't think he'll start in a playoff, but you know there's a few there's a few different d- different questions now. It's it's a bit of a it's an intriguing one for Saints just now, isn't it? I don't think I don't think. Whereas a week or so ago, or certainly before the St. Mun match, you were starting to think, oh, this is the team Callum Davidson would go with. to to hopefully from their point of view dig it out and just see them through all the way through the playoffs. Now it's becoming less clear, isn't it? Uh, It
1: it is. Um, But I think, I mean, partly there have been moments where you thought, okay, that that looks like the side there or that looks like the midfield. And then the next week, the same people play and are hopeless. So (laughs) I think that's part of it. There's been a lot of chopping and changing because I don't think there's been a lot of consistency from very many players this season. Um, and injuries have now come into play as well um at this part of the season. So yeah, I mean against Aberdeen, um there were there were positives. I think Middleton and Henry worked together nicely and individually they did the running that they had to do to to close down Aberdeen's centre halves and full backs and uh, and Lewis Ferguson as well at times when he dropped in to collect the ball um, I think Halberg did well pushed him very high assisting didn't in, in that press he got really high up and he he gave them bodies up top when they were pressing Aberdeen there and um, made it quite difficult for them to play through so easily they, they, they found themselves going around rather than through a lot of the time um, that was good I think Butterfield had moments where he picked some decent passes out. I thought he was a little sloppy at times. Yeah, <laughs> I the, think the big crossfield
0: passes didn't come off, did they? He's at his best when he no. when he's 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 popping, he's popping first time balls through. I mean, he's he's a he's a player. I love watching him in a warm up. I remember the closest you get, the closest you get, is probably well hearts you do, but. Up at Dingwall, I can remember it didn't turn out to be a great game, but he was the one I, I was watching the warm up. He, he was like the cl- he was the classiest of the lot, you know. When they're doing those drills, everything was at a real pace, and it was pop, pop, pop. And you, could, I mean, the guys operated at championship level for for the best part of a decade, isn't they? But yeah, you're you're right. It's it's a mixed bag, isn't it?
1: It is a little bit, yeah. Um, Rooney had moments going forward, in particular where. He showed flashes of, of of what's good. He was, I mean, athletically he was really strong. He he was a little bit sloppy on the ball at times. His touch wasn't great at times, but big, powerful guy. And he was a, he was an asset. James Brown did quite well mm-hmm. at left back again. Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it was a decent showing, and, and there were reasons to be sort of hopeful. Um, and that certainly, if. Although they did have a couple of chances from a set, from set pieces as well, but uh, I mean, uh, certainly in terms of looking solid um, and looking like a team that, that wouldn't give away cheap goals against an Arbroath or an Inverness, there was there was a lot to take from that against Aberdeen. I think, um, obviously, it's going to be different um, at the weekend against Hibs because. I mean, Callum, Callum Davidson will look to arrest people. I mean, I don't think there's. They would, would make absolutely no sense whatsoever to You'll see Bear. You see man, anything like, you'll, yeah?
0: You probably might even see Chifty. Well, you might see Chifty again. Yeah, you might Gil, Gilmore. You know, boys like this, put them all in. Yeah, get Liam Craig back. In yeah, throw, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, but Bear and Man are the two that I think the the that the supporters are the most keen to well, see. You imagine more if
0: of. say, I mean, you've you've quite liked. You, you've got a wee feeling that Bear will. I'll be a player. I mean, I mean I like imagine. I mean, if he comes on and has a, if he starts, has a really good game. I'm not, yeah, gets a goal. You know, knocks yeah. people about and stuff. All of a sudden, yeah. there's another one you can bring on for half an hour in the playoffs. You know, so
1: absolutely, and why not? Yeah, um, I, I did, I did like the look of him when he came on. I think when it was, I remember looking up at the clock on the scoreboard when I when I saw him getting his jersey on and it was 80 minutes. He actually didn't get on till nearer 85 because the ball didn't go out of play. Um, Actually it did go out of play for an Aberdeen corner at one point, but the manager wasn't putting subs on just as they're about to defend a corner, which is fairly sensible. So they didn't get on till eighty five. But in the five minutes or nine including the time added on that he did have, I really liked the look of him. I think he's, he's undoubtedly an athlete. He's big and he's powerful and he's strong. People will bounce off him. If he if he wanted he to put himself right about right, yeah. he could he could he could absolutely bully people. Um, but I thought he showed decent touches um, at times as well, and yeah, there was potential there. So I, I, I would be excited to see a bit more of him. And Mahan would be the other one because we really haven't seen him at all, really. Um, uh, so he's he's the other one I'd like to to see get a run against Hibbs, and then yeah, I mean if 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 those performances give Callum Davidson. Um, for thought, if you like ahead of the playoffs, then yeah, good. Um, that, that can only be a positive. Um, because uh, oh god, it's it, it, this is what it all comes down to, basically. It's it's two. we still don't know who they're going to play, obviously, at this point. Um, but the more players that come into that two legged playoff off the back of Having some game time and having some decent performances, the better, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I mean, there's the, there's the obvious imponderables, isn't it, Jim? We just don't know. But well, a, we don't know who Saint Johnson are going to be playing. But b, you just don't know how they react. You don't know how big the gap is. You know, you can say, "Well, Saints lost to to Keltie Hearts," but that was a that that was, you know, in in football terms, that was a long time ago. You just you just don't know. You're you're guessing at how big the gap there is. If there is any at all, aren't
2: you? I, I, well, that was a cup tie, but this is two cup ties. You know, either against Arbroath or or, or Inverness. Um, it's it's hard to tell which one <coughs> Callum would um, would prefer. I suspect he might just on balance prefer Arbroath simply because they are a part time side and and. You know, Dick Campbell's boys must be heading to a stage in the season where there is an element of both physical and mental tiredness there. But that said, um, I I think the gap, you know, between, I mean, at very, very top level is one thing, you know, you talk about, you know, English Premier League or something like that. But I think, you know, the gap between um, the Scottish Championship and and the Premiership, there's a gap, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the better players play at a higher level, we know that. But there's a lot of very good players playing at our both, and at Inverness as well. are both are, are part time? What what does that mean anymore? You know, your your average, your average full time professional will train four days a week. They'll get a Wednesday off. You know, um, the both boys will train twice a week, um, you know. Either Monday, Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday, whatever, uh, and and the good ones, and most of them are good ones. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be doing a bit of running. You know, we know the likes of Bobby Lynn, who's what now thirty six, signed another deal. Bobby's, you know, does the boxing bag. We can see, we know he trains up the law steps in Dundee. These are fit boys, you know. So, I think the the gap in, in terms of fitness is much much less than than many people think it is, and and or what it was at one time, uh, and mentally too. I mean, when you've got a great motivator like that, you know, the, the stats speak for themselves. You know, two points only they've ended the season two points adrift of a Kilmarnock side, who most of us thought at the start of the season were, were you know, had the biggest and the best squad, and certainly have probably had the biggest budget in the uh, uh, in the league, you know. So our both have done remarkably well. You know, conceded twenty-eight goals. Saints have only scored twenty-four this season, you know. Um so and, and our brothers both have scored fifty-four. Now okay, at different levels, but I, I don't think we're talking about kind of Champions League and Conference uh, League here. You know, the, 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 there are different levels, but it's, it, I don't think it's vast. I think it's there, it exists. It's not vast. So really, we come back down, I think, now to um, what has always come down to hunger, desire, appetite, absolute professionalism now. Um, and, and there's pressure on Callum as well. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I, I'm not, you're never shocked at anything you see in football, <clears throat> but I have been kind of surprised at some of the real vitriol towards him. Um, on, on some of the uh, some of the Saints websites and on Twitter and things like that. I mean, so some of it's gone well over the score. That, that's not for a minute saying that people are not entirely criticised. Of course they are. Fans who pay hard earned money and we don't. You know, we we are you know we're, we're fortunate respect. We go to see football. We in the press watch it at half time. We watch and we report in the game. You know, so I, I never ever criticise fans for. Um, for complaining and moaning and all the rest of it. It's the way you do it. And I think, you know, there is a level of respect, I think, it's still due to a man who has, has won two cups for you. It's a, a significant, an absolutely significant achievement. But uh, there is no doubt the wheels are, are, are in danger of coming off Saints' wagon. And this is, you know, this will be the last two, chance, last two chances. Because, um, you know, the Hibs game is now, frankly, irrelevant. It's all about getting the team prepared for either the scrap against Arbroath or Inverness, I've got a sneaky feeling Arbroath will do this in front of three and a half thousand on on Friday night. You know, um, and if that's the case, then there are two huge, absolutely huge games, uh, because St Johnston, you know, going down to like, going down to championship, it's not a death sentence. It's not, it's not kind of the end of the world. But in football terms, you want to be in the top league. And Saints, you know, over. A good number of seasons now. It's been almost impossible to think of St. Johnson as anything other than not just a top flight side, but pretty much a top six side. And here they are scrabbling about, you know, hoping to stay, hoping beyond hope to stay um in, in the top division. I mean and 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 bluntly, I think it would be a massive blow for this area of both Saints. And Dundee, it would be compensated to an extent. We are both coming up, you know. Um coming up, it would be compensated, you know. But I mean, I, I don't think even the even the hardiest of our both fans, I think would probably accept that if, if, if you know if the lifties come up, it's maybe going to be a season, maybe two at best. we because then the resources over over a period of time, the resources and that at that level of football would absolutely weigh against a part time side. And there's no danger of our going full time, you know. So there's loads of things to to throw into the melting pot here so so it's a big big period for uh, for Callum as well, because he's still, he's still a young manager. I know he, he was, you know, he was assistant all the We know that for a long time. But see, when the weight is absolutely on your shoulders, when when it's you that makes the decision, you know, and the, some of the really important costs who do you leave out? Who do you bring in? When do you make the subs? These are huge decisions at, the, at this at this period, you know. And um, there are times I must admit when I've seen him after games this season, he's just looked like a kind of a tired, tired man. You can understand. Oh, I, th- I think why, at the end know?
0: of the season, I think at the end, he, he's looking, he's looking fine, just now. No, but yeah, but
2: last night, you know.
0: I think, I think, uh, I think at the end of the season it'll be one. It'll be like a either way, you know. If, if they stay up or if they go down, I think he'll probably realise it's taken out a lot more out of him than maybe even he, he's he's felt during the course of the season, and, and it'll, he will be a man who will need a. We will need a, a holiday, but since since as a club certainly can't afford a holiday. But then that'll be a, that, that's for a later podcast, and and we can preview. It. Well, obviously it goes without saying we we know a lot more about the task when we know we know which team they they're, they're going to be facing. So that's for next week. What we do know, Sean, is that Dundee United are going into Europe, and you know that congratulations to them for that. And what a what horizons this opens up for them, what possibilities this opens up for them now in terms of recruitment. Mark Ogren can start getting some of that money back that uh, he invested because you know they'll be in with our they'll they'll be close to group stage football. And we, we went through all this with, with St Johnson last season. You're talking you're talking millions. So all of a sudden the United business model may start to work for them,
1: yeah. Um, uh, and obviously, the only, the only thing that's yet to be decided is whether they're going to finish um fourth or fifth. I mean, fourth obviously preferable gets them on around, and um, yeah, close close to group stage football. And as we said with St Johnson last year, that's I mean, for St Johnson, it would it, 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 I, I think at the time I said it was club changing or potentially club changing. Um, United, well. Similarly, why not? Yeah, because as you say, Mark Mark Ogren himself has, has put a lot of money into that football club. Not a great deal coming back yet. So the, the fact that it, it, some has come back, yeah, it does justify the spend to an extent. And it also possibly in his mind and, and uh, justifies further spending and, and empowers Tony Asker to ask for a bit more. And you would imagine if there is this potential return, um, not even on the horizon, right in front of you, that... United, looking at how they've run things so far under Mark ogren will I would imagine spend the money that they think is required to make sure they give themselves the best chance to secure that group stage football in Europe and all all the finance that comes with it. So yeah, um, it's a it's a big deal, and it's. Uh, it's, it's, it is it's justification for the project at, at, at this point. So, yeah, congratulations to absolutely everybody. And Tam Court's included uh, in that because he has, as we've pointed out on numerous occasions, taken his fair share of stick and beyond um, from some Dundee United fans this season who haven't been happy with the, the brand of football, if you like. But there was certainly no problem with it against Celtic. Um, second half, I thought they were excellent. No, they've been um, very good. And from what I've seen, they've been... And the they, I mean, one of the one of the big takeaways I think from from recently, and especially last night, is United have obviously got a few missing um, through injury and what have you, but and and they have brought in young players um, as they always said they would, and they've done it all season. Um, and I thought they were great last night. Um, the ones that were in that that Side, I mean, Freeman, I don't know if you would class him as that anymore. He's he's I mean, he is still young, actually. So, yeah, um, Archie Makinson obviously was there, Rory McLeod started, Chris Mochrie came on. All these all these young players were were, were great and, and a very difficult environment against a Celtic side that was pushing to win the league, but you know, would have preferred to have do it, done it with a victory, I'm sure. So, yeah, congratulations to them. I think it's uh, it, it, it has regardless of, of, of some of the some of the gripes. I think it's been a, a really, really successful season for them, and I think it sets them up really nicely for for more success next season, as you say, because they will they will have this ability now to to recruit, and maybe it gives them a chance to leave it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it will it will challenge them as well. If if a club's not not ready, it will challenge them, won't it, in terms of the the size of the squad and all the rest of it. And if uh, if they if they were able to get group stage football. Obviously, you know you're you're getting into a rhythm of uh, of Thursday Sunday football. You know, there's it, it's a churn, it's demanding, but there's also the opportunities that brings and the opportunity it feels at this moment. And t- this this is happening for Dundee United at the right time because I don't know about you. I don't see a quick <laughs> having just watched Aberdeen, albeit an old you know mm-hmm. there's there's. Players are going home to America. Uh, others are being rested because he's the star man's. You know, not being rested because he's off to Liverpool. There's, it's in a. a Lewis Ferguson's going to be. I mean, it doesn't feel like a. This Aberdeen rebuild job feels like a. It feels like a a cruise liner turning rather than a you know a speedboat. I don't think they're going to be ready to challenge Hearts as the third best team in the country next season. Hibs, I'm not too. I can't say it's a very Hibsy shot shortlist for their manager. You know, I'm not too enamoured if they were to be getting a Derek McInnes or something like that. I'd, I'd, I'd be more inclined to think they can sort themselves out in time for next season. So there's opportunity there for United, isn't there? A, a, you know, possibly not to go beyond hearts, but certainly to, to make themselves the, the fourth, best and biggest team in the country?
2: I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, <clears throat> the key to, you know, the key to all this, of course, is, I mean, you know, Tom Courts has talked about, you know, looking at five or six new faces coming in. Um, and, you know, given that no football club's budget is, is you know, <laughs> is, is elastic completely, um, that would mean that presumably a similar number would go out. So you're kind of, you're figuring to yourself who's going out, who's coming in, what are the targets they've got identified. Uh, that also tie in with it with the <clears throat> the mentality and the business uh, uh, you know approach of playing as many young boys as, as possible. And, and Sean's right. I mean, I was you know I was at the game last night, and I thought that Celtic in the first half at times kind of looked as though not going to blow United away, but it was it was constant constant pressure. Um, second half was transformative I mean they played some really really good stuff United uh, and I thought thought in particular um, Mikkelsen was 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 magnificent you know but there, there wasn't a failure in the team Young McLeod was 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 excellent the Levitt goal the Levitt goal was, was just utterly spectacular Segrist I thought too was back to um, his best last night he was he was very good he was very confident you know there were just good performances um, all round the substitutions were made at the right time Milgru, um and Watt coming on I thought made a, a substantial difference as well Mokri you know, um so you look at that that side and you see last night I think quite plainly um you know <clears throat> the potential strength they've got once they're kinda of once the you know the, the, the summer's at the way, there's a, a close season under their belt and they move on, as I say, depending on who moves out, depending on who comes in. Some players are a, a, you know, are a year more experienced, some players are a year kinda of more out their legs. Um but there is no doubt that that you know that United have a, a great opportunity here to establish themselves, if you want, as you know the third, the fourth force. I mean, it'll be difficult with Hearts. Hearts have got a much bigger budget. Hibbs and Aberdeen also have bigger budgets, but the both clubs are, you know, it, you're tempted to say that with Aberdeen and Hibbs, it's not a kind of a building job; it's a complete rebuilding job. I mean, it's. Um, somebody somebody shall remain nameless, but one of the national boys was standing over a good crack last night and he said, Jim Goodman's... uh uh, divorce might be finalised before the honeymoon's over, you know, and I thought it was a good line, but I mean, I hope it's not because I like Jim as a bloke, he's had his, his but he's not had his troubles to seek since he come in he's tr- he's obviously intent on completely rebuilding that, that Aberdeen side and someone coming to Hibs has a fair job on their hands as well, given how far those two have, have struggled, but that's not United's lookout United's lookout is to continue the great work that they've done, and that will be demanding, depending on how, f- depending A, what stage they come into the, the, the Conference League at, and, and depending how far they go, and Now Scottish Scottish clubs outside the Celtic Rangers don't have a great record in going far in in recent times, you know. So it could be you know a couple of games in out. You you just don't know. But from the point of view of prestige, potential money, and all the rest, uh, and and being attractive to incoming players, it's a great thing. It's a terrific thing, and it comes back to what we said. You know, um, Tom Courts has just done a very very good job indeed, and uh, uh, as has you know, uh, as has um, Tony Asgard. But I think there's no doubt for the moment that it has been a really, really good season. I mean, Mickey Mellon, for all his critics, did what was asked of him last season. He kept United, he stabilised them. That also wasn't particularly pretty to watch, you might argue. Um, You know, I mean, at a wee kind of, not a Twitter spot, a wee wee chat last night where during the course of the game, a Celtic fan down south who was talking about United being, you know, very, very negative. And and I almost responded by saying, well, you know what, mate? Go Go and check your wage bill. That'll be eight times Dundee United's wage bill, maybe 10, maybe 15, you know. Um, And in the second half, of course, that turned around and United could have won the game, I thought, by the second half. So I I think it's been a remarkable, uh, a remarkably good um, season for United in terms of what they've achieved. and, And I think everyone at the club. Deserves great credit for what they've done.
0: Here, here. No, that's a good way, good way to wrap it up, Jim. And it's virtually bang on the hour as well. So that's that's a lot. Well, thank you very much, Jim and Sean. And thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye, just now.
1: If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find talking football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.